0: podcast fam. We are now on pragmatic parenting episode number four. Thanks to all of you guys who have consistently tuned in to my episodes each and every week. This week we are talking about a topic and uh, I don't think some of you are going to like the way that I present it, but that's okay. Parenthood is like training a dog. All right. All right. All right. Hear me out. Have you guys ever watched someone actually train a dog, like on TV or in person? There are a bunch of shows on Netflix and quite a few YouTube channels that do focus on teaching you how to train your pet. Have you ever thought about what if you just used the same exact concepts to train your kids? Now the concept might seem a little bit crazy to you guys and I'm sure it's not the most popular opinion out there. But um, it definitely is something that I've thought about quite a bit, and um, in practice, it is actually pretty perfect. But have you ever been to someone's house, let me ask you this, that has a dog or you come up to someone in public while they have their pet with them? You know the difference between a well-trained pet and one that is basically just left to run the show? You can immediately tell the difference, and the same is true with our kids. It is the pet that runs up and jumps on you, whether you walk in the door versus the one that sits and waits for his owner to give him permission and to greet the guests when they arrive. So our dog's actually pretty good at this. She's pretty well trained. Um, When she is told to stay, she stays and then she's given permission to go ahead and greet people. Of course, she goes ahead and does that because, you know, dogs love doing those types of things. But training a dog is very much like training a child, and I've done both. When they're tiny and cute, you just wanna snuggle them, but that is the most important time to establish ground rules and execute them consistently, and it's all in the name of preventing issues in the future. So essentially, can you imagine, and I'm gonna put this out there for you because this actually happened when, you know, I was actually able to observe this myself. Could you imagine how cute a little tiny Great Dane puppy is? Guys, they're so cute. I can. Um, Once, my husband and I and Brexton, we adopted a dog, and um, I decided to take that dog to an eight-week training program. The dog that we adopted was already an adult, and um, I just basically took him to the class to kind of establish authority with him and just try to feel him out a little bit, build a relationship, that type of thing. But in the class, there were also obviously puppies and dogs that were newer to this world. And there was a really, really, really cute, brand new Great Dane puppy. She was so freaking cute, guys. Over the course of eight weeks, that puppy that was so cute more than tripled in its size. Tripled, literally three times the size. Can you imagine that owner not taking time to train a dog That was essentially going to be the size of a small horse. Now, I never fully saw the dog at its full, you know, massive size. But I have seen a Great Dane in person and even on the internet. You guys know what I'm talking about and how huge these things get. Training your pet, just like training your child, is not only important, but it is essential. Guys, I'm being super serious here. Now, many of you listening may not be a fan of me saying training your kid. Sorry, I'm not going to sugarcoat what it is by changing my vocabulary just to match your need to soften everything. Not going to happen. So it is real simple and it is as simple as I'm going to break it down to you like this. Ivan Pavlov explained back in the day, day, back in the day, 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 he discovered something called classical conditioning. Now, Pavlov was actually a scientist who was studying something pretty much unrelated. He was studying the digestive function of dogs. So while he was conducting a study, he noticed that the dog that he was studying would salivate before the delivery of the dog's food. So he's a scientist, right? His natural desire is to ask, what if, and this one instance with a dog basically led to the discovery of what we now know as classical conditioning. So what is classical conditioning exactly? Here's the actual definition. Classical conditioning is a psychological term that refers to a learning process that occurs when two stimuli, that just means two things, guys, two things, are repeatedly paired. It's a response which is at first elicited by the second stimulus and then is eventually elicited by the first stimulus alone. So basically, I'm going to give it to you this way. Pavlov eventually got dogs to salivate at the sound of a bell. How? Here you go. You have a dog and you have food. The dog salivates. Then you just have a bell and you have a dog. The dog does not salivate at the sound of a bell. However, if you have the food plus the dog and you ring a bell when you have that food, the dog is salivating. He's not salivating at the bell, guys. He's initially just salivating at the food, just like he was in the beginning. However, when you pair the food and the bell enough times over time... The dog realizes and is conditioned to know that the sound of the bell equals food. So then he has those chompers ready, guys. Whoo, especially that Great Dane. That thing used to drool all over the daggone place. Have you guys ever had a dog that drools like crazy? I have, ooh, it is a hot mess. Anyhow, the dog is drooling now just at the sound of a bell because of the conditioning. So what does this all have to do with parenting? The idea of training a child like you would train a dog sounds atrocious until you think about it in terms of small steps going towards getting your child to do what we as parents often need or want them to do. But guys, the same holds true for the shit that we don't want them to do. And that is why I always say that we as parents are the ones creating our own problems, okay? We created the problem. So if there is something that you don't like about your child right now or that isn't your favorite thing, take a step back, as I always say, take a moment to be reflective and figure out what the hell you were doing to create the problem that you don't like in your own child. So imagine this. A family, right? It could be a family. It could be a single mom, a single dad. I don't care. You're out at a restaurant with a child. The kid starts making noises and acting up, crying, throwing a fit, doing whatever. The parent gets nervous. We all have been there, guys. I have been there as well. We get nervous because people are looking at us, judging them. Sometimes people even say stuff out loud. You want to punch them in the face like, mind your own damn business. But basically people are judging you. And so you decide to give your phone your phone to the kid just to shut them the hell up. The kid stops making a the scene. They go on YouTube. They play a game. They do whatever. Seems innocent, right? Because the kid's quiet. People aren't judging you. Of course you're you know on edge because you don't want to disrupt anybody's dinner or their special night out either. So I get it. But guess what? The next time you go to the restaurant, the same thing happens. Eventually, the kid demands the phone as soon as you walk through the door of the restaurant and the parent gives in. You, as the parent, are now the damn puppet. And you have a toddler, a toddler, as your puppet master. I see it all the damn time. Now, people would always ask my husband and I how we got our son Brexton to not want or need the phone and to just act right in the proper situation. Like the dog with the bell, Brexton was conditioned right away. We offered alternatives, but none of those included a screen. He was never given a phone to shut him up. We talked to him. We might have had to play tic-tac-toe or do something. And by the way, guys, oftentimes, I bet... If you actually just substituted your phone or a screen for your time or attention and give a little bit more of yourself as the parent to your child, some of these things would never happen in the first place. But that's a whole other episode. Now, I know people who cannot even take a car ride of any length. They can't even go to the store down the street without their children demanding that the TV on the headrest be turned on or a phone be given to them. Who trained who? Who was training who, guys? My husband has a saying, you just have to be smarter than the kid. And this is so true. Kids are so damn smart, guys. We don't give them enough credit. The dog salivating at the food is smart. He figured things out quickly, and at the end of the day, you either need to be the one to condition your kids with what you want them to do, or who or how you want them to be, or they, my friend, are going to be conditioning you. You are going to have a toddler, a little kid, a teenager, a whatever, as your master puppeteer. That is the bigger picture. So now you created a monster. Maybe it's a screen time, maybe it's something else. How do you start to tame the monster? You're like, damn, you know what? You're right. I fucked up. The same damn way you created it, conditioning. And in order to create a new program, you must have consistency over time and never, ever, ever, ever cave to the old behaviors or the old program that you allowed to be created in the first place. Now, the same, through, the same thing is true with the gym, guys. You know, I am a big fan of fitness, going to the gym. It's pretty much my absolute favorite thing to do aside from spending time with my family. Consistency wins every single time in the gym, at home with your kids, at work, at school, pretty much anything you do, consistency wins. Now, as parents, we should always be looking at the bigger picture of things when it comes to our kids. Things that seem innocent can end up creating larger problems. Training that Great Dane puppy, that might have seemed a little bit silly. That thing was flopping all over the place. He was so cute. And um, she was so easy to just snuggle and just really joyful, honestly, to watch flop around. But those same behaviors in a fully grown Great Dane would not be as eagerly welcomed. The habits that we help our children to form in their earliest years will likely be with them for the rest of their lives. Sure, things can change over time. Maybe a new program will be created. But always remember, you are creating or have created your own monster. With that, guys, we're gonna put an end to this episode here but just remember who is training who and how do we get it to stop the answer is consistency train your child your children like you train a dog roof, roof. that's dog language for goodbye thank you for tuning in to episode number four we'll talk to you next week